those who don't know me, my name is Sean. I'm one of the elders, one of the pastors here. And uh, I'm going to share with you today. Uh, I am, let me give a little announcement. I'm going to be going on sabbatical for three months. I did not leave the church. <laughs> if you don't see me, you're like, what happened to Sean? So I just want to share that with you. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about love today. And uh, I, want to, I want to start out by, by telling a little story. Like, so when I, was, uh, when I was 18, I joined the Army. And uh, I was dashing, young man especially in uniform. And uh, my first duty station was Korea. And I spent my first three months in tents in January and February and in March in Korea. It was so cold. <laughs> I grew up in California. <laughs> Had no previous experience with that. And then I finally got back to where I was stationed at, and uh, one day I'm out in the village, they call it the Ville, it's a place called Dongduchan, and I go to this one place, and there's this young lady there, and I'm just like, wow. So, she didn't speak English, I didn't speak Korean, but that did not stop me, like I was on a mission, and somehow... Of course, I didn't find this out till later. It was because of other people and because what God was doing that she actually agreed to marry me. So I want to talk about love today. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I just wanted to share that story because I thought it was an awesome story. Okay. Now that I get you all eased in... In my typical usual self, I'm going to drop a bomb on you sometime during the course of this message. Uh, we look at the Old Testament, and we don't necessarily recognize the love of God. Because it seems kind of harsh. But you look at, like, let's just start with Abraham. Right? God calls Abram. For some reason, this guy can hear God's voice. Like, very, very, very few people can. And he hears God, and he says, okay, I'm going to follow you. And, and, and he starts this journey with God that we actually are experiencing today because of what he started. So God promises, because, because you follow me, because you're willing to follow my voice, because you're going after what is important to me, I'm going to bless you with children. Of course, you know, he's like, doesn't have children. His wife is old. He's old. She's past her prime, right? It's a miracle if she's going to get children. But God shows up, gets children, right? And, and through that lineage, God's going to do something. And you, you go to Moses, right? Moses is, is, uh, shows up and he's doing these things, right? Now, I would say Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all those guys, Moses, right? Everything experienced. He wouldn't be saying, oh, God, it's love, so loving and kind. Like, they wouldn't say that. That wasn't, like, necessarily their experience to understand the love of God that was actually happening, right? We get the benefit of understanding Jesus showing up and the love of God's real. But I wouldn't say that was, like, on the forefront of their mind, 
right? Moses burning bush. Oh, God's actually talking to me. He wants me to go talk to the king of Egypt. This is not a great idea. But okay, I'll go with you. You know, he's not thinking, oh, God loves me so much. He loves the people so much. God is love, right? He wasn't thinking love when the 10 plagues are getting poured out, right? He's not thinking, oh, God's just loving. We look at that. We don't see that as love either. But what if it is? What if this whole thing is because God sees in a way that's so different than us, it's hard for us to understand what love is? Because he sees the things that we don't. He sees the end and the beginning all at the same time. He understands the, the plight of the human race and what the enemy actually brought in and how the solution is never within our grasps. People have been living a long time without real love. All of the, the ills and the wars and the angsts and the... Uh, we don't do that today at all. That was sarcasm. Everything that's going on right now is because like, people don't know how to love each other. Everything we experience that's ah has to do with our inability to love. So Jesus shows up and he's doing something different. So I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna this is gonna be a little more interactive, and you'll understand why when we get to the end. So what did Jesus come to do? Somebody say something. Give me something. What did Jesus come to do? Okay. Anybody else? Say again. Save us for from sins. To give us an example. Anybody else? Who said what? To show us what real love is. I agree. Like all of that is true. Like, it's so much of, of everything we know now, everything we've experienced now, the love of God that, we've, that we have experienced. Like, we are here because God loves us, and I would say almost everybody in the building has experienced that love in some way, shape, or form. I want to... I want to share with you something he's showing me that I did not see to the, like I see it now. And so, in Matthew 5.17, this is during that portion of Scripture that talks about the Sermon on the Mount. So he's, he's talking about the Beatitudes, he's talking about all kinds of different things. So this is a, this is a long dissertation that he's in. And, and when he gets to verse 17, that's, that's a joke. He doesn't actually have verse 17. I've been thinking about it. But, and I don't know how people actually get that joke. He says this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not a smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, 
will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So he says, I've come to fulfill the law. Most of us are thinking he did that on the cross, right? So how does he fulfill the law and the prophets? Ever wonder? How does he actually fulfill the law and the prophets? I'm going to show you. So he goes on to talk about different things, right? So he's talking about like, you think murder is like this, and this is what God's definition of murder is. You think, you think adultery this way, but this is what God thinks about it. And this is on the Sermon on the Mount. So he goes to this. And he talks about divorce. He talks about oaths. He talks about justice. And then he comes to this. In verse 44, he says this. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies. Now, I don't know about you. Most of the times before I got filled with the Spirit of God, after I got filled with the Spirit of God, I go, ooh, that's good. I don't know how to do that, though. Does anybody here, like, know how to do that? You're just like, yep, I know how to love my enemies. Anybody? Just one? Okay. <laughs> Pretty tough stuff, isn't it? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Listen to, listen to how he connects this now. He connects this way of operating with that you may be children of your Father in heaven. See, we call ourselves children of God. But if that's part of the definition, I wonder if we're missing something. Let me go on. He causes, and this is talking about God, he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. See, that's because he loves. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Or not, are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you, do, what are you doing more than other people do? Don't even the pagans do that? So he's still talking about love. Then listen to what he says next. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, so on one hand, he says, the children of God are able to love their, their, love their enemies. And then he associates love, us being able to love, to being perfect like God is perfect. So the perfection, he, he ties the perfection of who God is to love. But he also said we could do that. How's that going? I know it ain't going great for me. I have been doing a lot better at it over time, though, right? But when he started talking to me about this, I'm like, oh, man, that's painful. Because I used to read over this, and it'd be, it's like I couldn't see something. Because I couldn't even dare to believe that that was possible. So, like, I'll just read over it because I can't make it, I can't personalize it because it's just too hard to personalize. Does that make sense? I'm not the only one that does that, am I? So, let's jump to the Last Supper. So now he's, he's ready to go to the cross. And he's meeting with the twelve. They're eating the Last Supper 
which we're actually going to celebrate here in just a few days. And he's talking to them about some stuff, right? But he gives them something. He drops a little bomb on them before he goes. And I'm pretty sure this is the last command he gives before the cross. He says in John 13, 34, a new command I give you. That's pretty strong. I don't know if he could have made it much stronger. Just thinking. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. Now, if that's not enough, you know, this is right after he's like, hey, I got to go. And they're like, no, you can't go. That's not good. You're leaving. That's not right. So he's talking to them about that. And so in the course of him talking to them just before this winds up, he says in verse 34, a new command I give oh, Back up. Uh, there we go. In chapter 14, right, he's still talking to them just before he goes. He says, very truly I tell you, who, whoever believes in me will do the works that I am doing. And they will do even greater than these because I am going to the Father. What were the works that he was doing? Say it. Healing. Setting captives free. Healing lepers. Open the eyes of the blind. Raising the dead. Right? Were any of those done without love? You see where I'm going? See, he, he said, even greater than these, you're going to do. Like, you're designed to do this. You're, like, you're made for this. This is why he, he's going to the cross, to give you back what belongs to you. But all of those things he did from a place of love. So if you're designed to do them, and you connect that to the fact that, hey, the children of God actually are ones who know how to love, and this command I'm giving you before I go is you, you need to love one another because this is how people are going to know you're my disciples. You seeing a theme? Then in verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. And he's just he's throwing this in as he talks. And then later on in, in verse 23 and 24, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home in them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. If you love me, my love being in you, if you love me, you're going to obey me. What is he asking us to obey? The law of love. You're designed for love. Like, we're designed for love. I don't know about you. It's not going all that great. How many people are like, you're so loved right now, you can't stand it anymore? You see what I'm saying? There's... there's this is heavy on me. You know, I preached last time I preached. They preached, 
that was an easy one too. That was just so light and everybody's laughing. It was on the fear of the Lord. You know, and so on one, one hand, he's saying, do you see me correctly? Do you recognize who I am? I've chosen you, right? And for us to have an awe of God and recognize this, he is so absolutely amazing. Me saying no to him doesn't even make sense. This is God. And on the other hand, he's also saying, hey, I'm giving you something that belongs to you, that you're designed for. This is the thing that makes you my children. Like, this shows people you are my children. This is the thing. And, and I recognize, like, I, I haven't walked in the fear of the Lord very well, but I have not walked in love the way he talks about it. Like, I'm missing something. So, in Jesus fulfilling the law, like I said, we think it's him going to the cross, and that is part of it. I'm not saying it's not part of it. It is very much part of it. But we think that's the end of it, and that is not the end of it. Let me show you something. In Romans 13, 8, he says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love to one another. Just kind of pause on that just for a second. That there is a debt we have to one another, and it is love. We are responsible for that. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Do you know how Jesus fulfills the law? When we step into our identity and we receive the love that we're designed to receive, have it work in us the way it's designed to work in us, and come out of us. And people experience the love because it is freely flowing from us. That is the fulfillment of the law. He didn't die on the cross so that we can go to heaven. He died on the cross so that heaven can be put in us. It's in us that all of heaven wants to express itself. That's the design. Anything short of that, we're missing the boat. And I don't know about you, I'm not, like, I'm struggling with, like, how to communicate to us. Like, we cannot be satisfied with showing up and doing the things that we think we're supposed to do. That's not what we're called, this is, that's not what he's wanted. We're not doing bad things. Right? I think the enemy's gotten really good at convincing us these are the only things that you can do, so you need to sell for these things because anything else you go after, you'll never be able to attain. What if we can get to where we're designed to go? What if me agreeing with the enemy is the problem? 
So what does love look like? That's a hard thing to answer. See, because I can tell you what I've experienced love as. You can tell me what you've experienced love as. And most of our experiences in the room are going to include pain. So if I was to say this, would you say this is true? The reason, the biggest reason why we struggle with being free to love is because we're afraid to love. That's a problem. So I want to describe something that maybe we don't recognize. We use the word spirit, right? The spirit of God, the spirit of fear, right? The spirit of hate, the spirit of lust, the spirit of... That word spirit is in the Bible a lot. If you don't know, the word literally means breath or wind, okay? And so what differentiates the spirit of God from any other spirit, like the spirit of man is that it's God, that's the spirit of that, right? That is the spirit there. You know, that sounded stupid when I said, just like, oh, that was just obvious. Okay, now, how do you think of the spirit then? One of the ways that if you, if you start recognizing this, if I come into a room and I am angry, can you feel it in the room? So you can't touch it right? You can't see it. You might see it on my face, but you can't see the anger, right? Why? Because it's like the wind. You can feel it. You know when it's there and you know when it's not. You follow me? That's why the word spirit is used because it's the only thing that, that, the only word you would use to describe that, because it's just like wind, or it's like breath. Unless it's really cold outside, you can't see it, but you can feel it. Might be able to smell it, right? But it's a similar thing. So God's spirit moves, and we can feel it, right? And so his spirit is love like love and his spirit they're 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 so closely related into the reality of what they are you can't separate them so when he's moving and i'm able to take that in and i agree with it i I submit to that i move with that i i let him move it and i'm joining with him now i'm in a place where i can actually start operating from that place so see i don't receive the spirit of love from me. I don't conjure it up from me. I don't work real hard from me. It is something that is external to me that I have to receive. I was talking with Romero just before, and this analogy just popped in, right, when I said wind. And he, he, he said, it, it's like a ship, right? When you're on a sailing ship, you can stand on the bow of the ship, and the wind's blowing, and the ship's moving, 
because the sails catch it and it just goes. Versus a ship where the servants are rowing. Now, they, you can't see anything down there, right? You're just rowing, right? You ever feel like that's like love for us? As soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. We work at it, <laughs> you know? They go, I gotta go love this person. <laughs> you know, hopefully they're not gonna take my eye out when I go see them. You know what I'm saying? And we just, we're just like, oh, someone loves me back. Oh, I found someone that will love me back. This is amazing. Until they have a bad day and, you know, that hurt. You know, and then the more we love, the more we open ourselves up to be hurt even more. And so after that happens once or twice, you're like, okay, we got to stop doing that willy-nilly. So I'll protect myself. So there's also a spirit of fear. See, and, you, and we think we came up with that all by ourselves. I'll protect myself. We think that was all us. See, and there's some people in the room right now, you're still not convinced what the enemy is. Okay? Hopefully this will help. If not, eventually you're going to figure it out. <laughs> As we all do, eventually, if not here, we're going to figure it out. But it's a voice, it's a spirit that's blowing that we agree with. Oh, yeah. Because that's a really good idea, I just told me. The best way to protect myself is not to love. The best way to protect myself is stop doing this. See, fear is a spirit that blows and we let it catch the sails. You know what the opposite, if you don't know the answer when I ask the question, you've been, you're really slow in the uptake. You know what the opposite of fear is? Or what the opposite of love is? Now I really blew it, right? <laughs> Who wants to say hate now, right? <laughs> Most of us, like, we think hate. That's what we've been taught all our lives, but it's not. It's fear. The opposition to love is fear. Hate almost always has its origins in fear. That's the battle we go out. See, that's what we're fighting right now. The enemy's really good. Think about it. I can't think of a church that is so full of people that are free to love the way God loves and there's nothing hindering them. What if we go after that? See, because we go after things, and they're good things. I love them, right? We have Ignite right now going on, and it, it goes after some of these things. I, I, this is what I've, I'm hearing God say. And it's not settled, but I'm throwing it out there. So just think of this as like 1 John 5. (laughs) 
I suspect the reason why we're not experiencing power is because we haven't been able to tap into love. The reason why we're not experiencing power is because we haven't been able to tap into the love. Because the love drives out fear. The love looks at what God loves and says, he loves this so much. He loves this person. He loves, he loves them. He loves, he wants to see them free. He, like, and it, it, it empowers us to look at the enemy and say, you are nothing. You have no place here. But because we have fear operating in us, who are we agreeing with? Anybody want to say it? Yeah. And if we're agreeing with the enemy, how can we agree with God and again the enemy at the same time? We're like a double-minded person. I think there's a scripture on that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We don't recognize it. Like that's that's it in action. That's what it looks like in reality for us. We're af- we're afraid, and we don't know how to we don't know how to overcome the fear with love. We're not tapping into the thing, the the source of everything. We're not tapping into it like we're designed to tap into it. And that's the thing then when we, we, like God moves us and says, pray for that person, I want to heal them. And, and we're like, no fear. And we know this is God. And we know the enemy ain't nothing. And we pray and people get healed. See, I honestly think that's what we're struggling against and we don't, we don't recognize the battle. Because we go after praying in faith before we go after the love. And this doesn't work without it. It's like, it's like a cake mix. If you don't put, like, water, if it's instant, <laughs> what do they make cakes with that are not instant? Milk? Eggs, salt, right? But it has to have moisture, right? It's doing nothing without moisture. That's what love is to every, the, all the cakes we try to make. All the cakes we try to make. They need this in it for it to work. So if we're struggling, could it be that the struggle we have in our walk is directly tied to our ability to connect into love? I want to throw another layer on this. Remember I said how many of you are just overwhelmed with love because there's people around you that are just so loving? What if we change that? What if we could love and we could be with people who know how to love? They don't need to control. They don't need to manipulate. They don't need any particular result of anything, right? Because we're going after him. I'm getting everything I need from him. I don't need it from you for me to be okay. Because I'm okay because I've learned how to do this. Ah. Love, I've got so much of it. Like, I don't need you to fulfill that in me. Right? But when you're having a bad day, I got a scripture for that too. Check this out. 
Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. They saw something here. They lived something in the early church that somehow we've lost. And I'm, I venture to say it was love. That if we're walking together and someone's having a bad day or they want to learn how to do it, we can do it together. And if we keep trying to do it alone, it's probably not going to work. So remember I said I was going to get interactive? This might jack some of you up, like I am going to do something you have probably never seen before. Are you ready? I'm giving you a little bit of chance. <laughs> I want to ask you a question, so I need you to pay attention because I'm going to actually expect you to do something with this question right now, okay? So how do we develop and grow in our love? Practically speaking, how do we develop and grow in our love? How can we move it from the bottom to the top of our list of to-do in our Christian life? What should we start doing? Where should we put our energy and our time into so that we can grow our love? And this is what I want you to do. I'm going to say it again to make it easy on you. But I want you to, like, turn around, find, like, five, six, seven, eight people around where you're at and just group together and talk about it because I want to hear an answer. Did everybody understand? <laughs> so you don't have to move across the thing. Just kind of group in little groups to where you're at. Ask each other, what do you think about this? I'm going to say them again, but I want you guys to give me some answers so we can come up with a solution about this. So how, would, how should we develop and grow our love? How can we move it from the bottom to the top of our list of Christian to-dos? What should we start doing? Where should we put our energy and our time so that we can grow in love? No, they don't have it on the screen. So this is a how-to. How do we do this? How do we grow it? Not what it looks like, but like how do we overcome this?
So I'm going to have one person from each group be ready to give an answer about what your group came up with, okay? I'm hearing someone like, me? You want me to do it? Hey, Bert, you in here? Hey, Bert, come here. Yeah, I'd be my carrier. So you ready? Like, what, what should we be putting our time and energy into to help this to grow? Is somebody ready? Okay, Bert, you're gonna have to flip on the mic. He's got the mic. Go ahead and get him live. Pick somebody. All right, we ready. Um, the answer is uh, working in the fruits of the spirit by obedience okay. to God. So working in the fruits of the spirit by obedience. Okay. So our number one thing is love is patient. So when you're patient, you're able to hear from each other the needs of each other. Amen. Okay, okay. Get somebody else standing right here. You guys need to come on, get your act together over here. Nobody's standing. <laughs> so first, we have to work on our connection with God. Because once we have our connection with God, all those other things that we worry about, our goals, they don't matter. Then we can do a selfless transition of energy to someone because it has to be selfless, right? Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Okay, Robbie, get somebody over there. We need the mic to work. <laughs> I think they got it working. Okay, here we go. In order to get love, we've got to give love. You have to receive in order to get, and that's the most important thing. Always, always give, even if it's hard, and even if you don't reciprocate, because love is always going to conquer all. That's really awesome, because that just um, confirms, and I'm going to confirm for the third time, starting with what Will said and the young lady over here. We discuss the same thing here. You cannot give away what we don't have. and what, We have to spend some time with the Lord, the, the proverbial on the mountain, so that when we come down from that mountain, we have received from him and we can give what we don't have. We're empty. and We can't love. We can't, you know, just spend time with somebody when we haven't first spent it with him. So. Amen. Oh, yeah, Robbie. Everyone, good morning. Um, to sum up everything that we said here, it's a matter of prioritization. You need to ensure that your priorities, number one, match up with that of Christ. Once you're able to make sure your priorities are in lockstep with that of Christ, take an introspective look at yourself and then make sure you have uh, those very same priorities in lockstep. And then you can then go out and make a difference in the world and spread the love of Christ, spread the gospel of Christ, fulfill a great commission. Amen. Amen. You, you know, I don't know if you know this, you're in the blessed group. You're in the blessed group. 
That little one I fell in love with sitting right next to you. <laughs> she, that's something she would do. <laughs> oh, we got one over here. Oh, so um, I'll group talking about serving and teaching. Uh, and I think it's a big thing that we have to do is, it's easy to talk about it, but how much you're actually going to do it. So to be able to priority it, put it on your schedule and get it done. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Uh, our group and our leader here suggested that we practice and learn more about uh, God and his love. And in doing that, then practicing we're not perfect, but it'll take some practice. We'll eventually get there. So continuous um, involvement in the church and with our group of loving people, we learn. Okay. Amen. Amen. Go ahead over here, brother. He's been standing there forever. <laughs> you good? Okay. Last one. Our group came to agreement that first you got to have God in you. Yeah. The love of God and know who you are. And then after that, just do it to overcome all of the fear that's keeping you from doing it. Amen. 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 Okay. One more. One more. Okay. One more. Okay. So our group said that um, pray for each other, evaluate of self, accountability, serve one another, have to forgive, um, reading scripture, relationships, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work within us and then listening to God. Amen. Amen. I, I, so specifically for you, sister, for you, and for there's several other people in the room, I'm sorry I didn't have points today. Because <laughs> you are definitely the ones who are going to write it down. The, um, there's three of you that I heard in some form or fashion of actually putting it into action. There was one thing I was looking for that nobody said. Small groups. Because remember, his command was that you guys learn to love one another. Love one another. Then they're going to know you're my disciples. If we don't spend time together, how are we going to practice it? Because I'm pretty sure TikTok is not going to help. Right, I, I, I am having to repent of TikTok-ish type media stuff. I don't actually watch TikTok. I got others that do the same thing, I think, right? And they will suck all your time up. And we'll be like, well, I don't have time. We probably do. We just don't spend it right. right? Like, but like, you have to practice this on people who are practicing it with you, right? Unfortunately, unfortunately, like, we don't have the group where everybody in the group is full of love and you get to join that group and learn from all of them, right? We don't have that group. I wish we had that group. Maybe a couple of years from now, we'll have a bunch of groups like that. But right now, this is where we're at. And and you will not hear me often. Ooh, God, man, I hate when he does that to me. You will not hear me often say, this is what God is saying to you, okay? 
because I don't like doing that from the pulpit. But I'm telling you, this is what God's saying to this house. And by definition, if you're part of this house, it probably applies to you. He's telling, we have to start doing this and we have to get it down and we have to figure this out because we're not gonna step into the promises we've been given unless we step into what he's asking us to do. He loves you so much. He is so on board with you discovering what this is about. He died so you could have this. The question for us is, are we willing to overcome fear and, and, and actually stand up against fear and say, no, you're not going to rule me. I'm going to put in whatever work I need to put into. I'm going to apply my will however it needs to be applied so that I learn how to do this because this is the most important thing for me and everybody that comes around me. I need this. My children need this. My parents need this. My brothers and sisters need this. My spiritual family needs this. Everybody that is associated in my life needs me to be me. And then all these other things are going to be added. So if you want prayer, we're going to have some songs. You want to come up and pray? There'll be people to pray with you. If you're like, Sean, I'm full, I'm ready to go, just kind of slip on out. If you're a guest, we are so glad you're here. We'd love for you to have stay and just feel after the presence of God. But if you need to go, you can go. Okay? But I do want to give the opportunity for those that are hearing God just to be able to spend a little time with him before we get up and start moving and kind of lose focus on what the most important things are. So you be blessed. You have an awesome